The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today we'll be discussing the top 10 worst ways that canon has been broken in the wizarding world of Harry Potter. When an author builds a fictional universe over the course of several decades, there are bound to be small contradictions here or there. But in the case of Harry Potter and the ever-expanding universe of the wizarding world, there have been some pretty big doozies when it comes to the canon being not just broken, but completely shattered. Now, I understand that starting off a children's book series in 1997 and continuing to build that world for a more mature audience as it was adapted for the silver screen over the course of a couple decades would be quite the undertaking, and some of the bits of canon that have been ignored throughout the years don't really offend me all that much. But there are contradictions to some of the canon that just blatantly disregards the original way that the story of Harry Potter was told, and these are the ones that I'll be focusing on in today's video. The following changes to canon are the top 10 that make many fans feel quite infuriated, myself included. 10. The Late Edition of Aberforth's Son Throughout the original Harry Potter series, we learn very little about Professor Albus Dumbledore's younger brother, Aberforth. The sparse, early depictions of him paint the man as a somewhat uneducated brute who had a weird thing for goats. This is pretty well summed up by Albus when he shared the following in the Goblet of Fire. My own brother, Aberforth, was prosecuted for practicing inappropriate charms on a goat. It was all over the papers, but did Aberforth hide? No, he did not. He held his head high and went about his business as usual. Of course, I'm not entirely sure he can read, so that may not have been bravery. From there, little more is revealed about Aberforth than his history, other than the fact that he was the owner of the Hogshead Inn in Hogsmeade, and part of the First Order of the Phoenix in the late 1970s. And I suppose we also discover in the Deathly Hallows that he was fiercely protective of his younger sister, Ariana, and later punched Albus in the nose during her funeral. All in all, however, we never really learned anything concrete about the wizard. That is, until the movie release of Fantastic Beasts The Secrets of Dumbledore. In this installment of the films, we discover that Aberforth sired a long-lost son who is, surprise, Credence Barebone, the American Obscurial from the first few movies, aka Aurelius Dumbledore. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that this breaks canon, but at least to me, it felt really shoehorned into the narrative, and to be honest, it just didn't fit with what we had previously learned about this gruff, rough-and-tumble character. The brother, who maybe couldn't read, and had a weird thing for goats, had a secret, tender love affair with a human woman? I don't know, it just didn't fit with the canon of the Dumbledore family that I'd long since bought into. 9. The Pronunciation of Voldemort For decades, fans of Harry Potter have been referring to he who shall not be named as Voldemort with a hard T. Then, in 2015, almost 20 years after the release of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Author J.K. Rowling shared that it was actually meant to be pronounced with a French accent in which the T should be silent. Now, if only we had the novels to go by, this would have been an acceptable clarification. But considering by 2015, all eight movies had also been released in which Voldemort was pronounced Voldemort, I say, what gives? As Rowling was involved in the making of the films, she would have had ample opportunity to correct this mispronunciation, right? So to casually drop in years later that we've all been saying Voldemort wrong for decades seems to break what was believed to be canon for years. 8. 
Hogwarts Foreign Exchange Program In the Goblet of Fire, foreign wizarding schools outside of Hogwarts are mentioned for the very first time, and not only are they mentioned, they are actually central to the very plot of this installment in the series. As the two European institutions, Beaubaton Academy of Magic and the Durmstrang Institute, are, together with Hogwarts, the three competing schools in the Triwizard Tournament. And of course, the Goblet of Fire almost entirely revolves around the events of this tournament and the participating students from the three schools. What's more, when the potential champions from both Beaubaton and Durmstrang first arrive at Hogwarts, it is too much gawking and fanfare from the British pupils, almost as if the students of Hogwarts had never met students from other countries. And yet, in 2016, WizardingWorld.com shared that Castelo Bruxu, the Brazilian school for magic, is well known for its participation in an exchange program with Hogwarts. 7. Conflicting Ages and Timelines Now, I understand that when casting actors for a film, you can't always find someone to represent a character perfectly. And in the case of the Harry Potter franchise, the filmmakers who were adapting the novels to the silver screen had to make the choice on whether or not to age up some of the characters in order to cast Alan Rickman as Professor Severus Snape. They, of course, decided to do so, and while Alan Rickman's portrayal of Snape is quite fantastic, this choice definitely broke the canon that had been established around the timeline of Harry's parents and witches and wizards who had attended Hogwarts with them, including Snape. For making Severus older in the movies and in the novels, then had a domino effect on the rest of the cast in the films, as they're all supposed to be the same age as Snape. As a result, all of the movie characters in that age group, from Snape to Lily and James Potter, Sirius Black and Remus Lupin, were cast as older actors than their book counterparts. Essentially, this group of witches and wizards were made to be about 10 years older than they had originally been written. In addition to this difference from original canon, there has also been some contractions in terms of Bellatrix Lestrange and Snape's ages, comparatively. There are a few instances where it's mentioned that Bellatrix and Snape ran in the same circle while they attended Hogwarts. Yet, Bellatrix is meant to be about a decade older than Snape. Since Hogwarts offers seven years of school, this would have made it impossible for the two to have been part of the same group while they were students, as they simply would not have been there at the same time. 6. Nagini was once a human maledictus Never, not once, was it ever alluded to throughout the Harry Potter series that Lord Voldemort's pet serpent, Nagini, used to be a human witch. For over 20 years, we were led to believe that she was no more than a snake, a large and vicious snake, but a snake nonetheless. Then, in 2018, the crimes of Grindelwald came out and completely broke this canon. Apparently, Nagini had been interconnected to Albus Dumbledore by way of his long-lost nephew, Credence, since at least the 1920s. And not as a serpent, but as a young witch who had been afflicted with the Maledictus Curse. This previously unheard of blood curse only affects females, and from what we see in the film, it seemingly allows the Maledictus woman to shapeshift into a certain animal at will for a time, before eventually transforming her into that beast permanently. 5. A witch or wizard can be their own secret keeper This next example of canon being broken is, in my opinion, a rather brutal one. It's also one that was broken relatively early on in terms of the Harry Potter franchise. You see, after learning about the Fidelius charm in The Prisoner of Azkaban, this brand of magic crops up a couple times again in later installments, with Albus Dumbledore hiding Order of the Phoenix headquarters at number 12 Grimald Place, and then Bill Weasley hiding his home, Shell Cottage. For those who may need a little reminder, the Fidelius charm is a spell that allows a person to conceal a secret within their chosen secret keeper's soul. Once the spell has been performed, only the secret keeper can share the secret, 
and anyone else who may stumble upon it accidentally would be unable to actually see it for what it was. Now, here's where the canon gets broken. Lily and James Potter wanted to protect themselves and their baby, Harry, when they learned that Voldemort was after them in 1981. They decided to hide their location with the Fidelius charm. They chose Peter Wormtail Pettigrew as their secret keeper. Pettigrew then portrayed the Potters to the Dark Lord, and the rest is Wizarding World history. This is tragic in the way that the Potters put their trust in the wrong person. But then, as I mentioned in the Order of the Phoenix, Dumbledore becomes his own secret keeper for the location of Number 12 Grimmauld Place, and in the Deathly Hallows, Bill is his own secret keeper for Shell Cottage. So why, oh why, would Lily and James have risked their lives and the life of their infant by choosing someone else as their secret keeper if they could have just chosen themselves? 4. Minerva McGonagall's Impossible Appearance in Fantastic Beasts Professor Minerva McGonagall is famous within the franchise for her no-nonsense, loyal attitude. She's strong, powerful, and a real legend among the Hogwarts professors. But as legendary as she is, she's not capable of being somewhere before she's even been born, right? Well, in both Fantastic Beasts movies, The Crimes of Grindelwald and The Secrets of Dumbledore, a young professor by the name of Minerva McGonagall shows up in a couple scenes at Hogwarts and Hogsmeade. Why is it a problem, you may be asking? Because these movies take place in 1927 and 1937, respectively. And the Professor McGonagall that we know and love from Harry's days as a student at Hogwarts, she wasn't born until 1935, which means that in the first Fantastic Beasts film that she shows up in, canon indicates that she would not have been alive yet, and in the second, she would have only been two years old. 3. The Capabilities of a Time-Turner Ah, the Time-Turner. What a nightmare to untangle. This simple device has caused so many fans headache after headache. Some of these headaches were temporarily cured with, if I'm being honest, pretty lazy explanations. However, at least these explanations accounted for some potentially serious plot holes. But then, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child basically went back on everything we'd been told and ruined everything. Allow me to explain. When the concept of the Time-Turner first showed up in The Prisoner of Azkaban, it brought up many questions like, if time travel is possible, why couldn't Harry just go back in time and save his parents from Voldemort? To this and other questions, we were given the answer that the past cannot be altered, and what's done is done. This closed the loop on any potential alternate timelines. Time-Turners also could only travel back a few hours at a time, as anyone who engaged in time travel was subject to the effect of aging, equaling the amount of time they had traveled. This again helped fans understand why Harry couldn't or shouldn't go back 10 years, as he would have lost over a decade of his life, and he then wouldn't have even been able to do anything differently once he got there. Finally, in a somewhat anticlimactic fashion, all the time-turners that were owned by the British Ministry of Magic were said to have been destroyed during a fight in the Department of Mysteries. But in a complete contradiction to basically all of that, in The Cursed Child, the characters go back in time far further than a day with a time-turner that they seem to have somehow magically recovered, in order to change the past. I don't know about you, but I feel a migraine coming on. 2. The Muggle Camera That Worked at Hogwarts Here's a canon break that bothers a number of fans despite it being rather benign. The presence of Colin Creevy's camera and its ability to function at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. In the Chamber of Secrets, we meet Harry Potter's superfan Colin Creevy. A first-year student at Hogwarts was rather interested in all things Harry. This in itself is not the problem. The problem in regards to canon is the fact that Colin is constantly carrying around and using a somewhat old-fashioned muggle camera. And as we've been told, 
Muggle electronics do not work at Hogwarts school. Otherwise, wouldn't there have been many other gadgets and pieces of tech popping up at the school throughout the series? This one actually might have an answer. You see, Colin's using an old school film camera, and if the camera is old enough, i.e. pre-60s, then it's likely that it doesn't use any electricity. 1. Bellatrix and Voldemort's Baby Girl Coming in at the top of today's list as the worst way that Harry Potter canon has been broken is one example that has become rather infamous within the fanbase, and that is the fact that Bellatrix Lestrange and Voldemort apparently had a baby together. In The Cursed Child, it is revealed that Bellatrix gave birth to a baby girl named Delphine, whose father was none other than the Dark Lord himself. Now, this makes little sense when put into context with the original series. First of all, there is no indication that Voldemort and Bellatrix had an intimate relationship. Was she obsessed with him? Sure. Did Helena Bollum Carter's representation of Bellatrix hypersexualize the witch's character? Certainly. But did these two have carnal relations? Uh, no. Voldemort does not seem even slightly interested in Bellatrix in this way throughout either the novels or films. Not to mention that he was so focused on becoming immortal and taking down Harry, that it seems rather unlikely that he would have even found the time for this type of distraction. But for argument's sake, let's say that he did enjoy the company of Bellatrix. What about his weird new body? I mean, it was created by Wormtail in a cauldron, and he ended up having a face that resembled a snake. Could he really have been up for it? Then of course, there's a timeline of it. Now, the act of conceiving Delphine is not the issue. I suppose Voldemort and Bellatrix could have sneakily done that at any time. The problem is more about pinpointing when Bellatrix would have been pregnant and given birth. Considering that in order for the timeline to match up to Delphine's age in The Cursed Child, Bellatrix would have had to give birth sometime during the events of the Deathly Hallows, I find it incredibly hard to believe that this is what happened. For example, Bellatrix is in tip-top fighting form when the trio run into her at Malfoy Manor, and she tortures Hermione and kills Dobby. She's clearly not pregnant in this scene, and that's one hell of a recovery if she had just had the baby. Also, speaking of the baby, if Bellatrix was no longer pregnant at that point, where in Merlin's beard was Delphine? And with that, we've come to the end of another video. What did you think? Do you have any other terrible ways that Harry Potter canon has been broken? Do you agree with my picks for the top 10 worst ones? Please share your thoughts in the comments below, and as always, if you enjoyed this video, don't forget to like it and subscribe to the channel. Also, be sure to check out the content on Spotify, as well as extra content on my second channel, Harry Potter Theory Extra. Until next time, remember, it does not do to dwell on dreams, and forget to live.